This is The Burt Show. Does our Burt Show listening family agree? Agree that destiny has laid down <laughs> right in front of Abby. Mm-hmm. Her future is already paved. As one mom emailed us a couple of days ago, Kristen actually, and Abby, and said, Hey, I'm not that mom, but I think... My son would be perfect for you. Kristen read the email yesterday. Yes. So this is a mom shooting her shot for her almost 25-year-old son. <laughs> and it was very sweet. She actually sent me a follow-up email. Did she? By the way, did she get the endorsement of the 25-year-old son? She or did. He, okay, so she he did. was into it. That was included in the email yesterday. So um, she obviously loves her son, and she's a big fan of Abby. And though they aren't each other's types... He thinks I'm ugly. No. <laughs> That's what I read it as. That was pre-nose job. It was pre- Completely was different person. Well, the videos are on our Facebook page, so he could look at those. So um, while they aren't each other's types, she just feels like there's something like opposites attract, attract that they would be a good couple. So I read this email yesterday, threw it out to Abby, and she's a trooper, and she was what, willing to let the Burst Show listeners decide if she could, should go on a date with this Will, dude. Was willing she? is a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm with no, no, she Abby wasn't. <laughs> she consented. Maybe she was forced in consen- to, into consenting, but she, no. Consent uh, at gunpoint. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, moms followed up, and she says, Hi, Kristen. I heard the show today. I totally understand Abby not being interested. I know this is strange. I don't blame her at all. I'm sure she gets countless messages and DMs. But hey, I figured if it was meant to be, then fate would work its magic. So now we're going to decide if fate has worked its magic. Okay. So you have decided that. Now you're down with this. The way the listeners voted is the way you go. Yep. That's what I signed up for. If you're going to go out with dead dog guy. (laughs) <laughs> I am fairly certain they're going to say yes here. Yeah. I have not seen it. It feels so anticlimactic. Like, all right, I just know. say yeah. All right. All right. So what were the options, Cassie? Your options. I kept it simple. Should Abby go on this date? Heck yes or no, not worth it. And at 61% oh, of the votes. closer than I thought. Me too. Um, Abby, I know you really like going on first dates. But prepare yourself to be disappointed because you are not going on wow, this date. Wow, what a relief, huh? I'm free! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not what? fair. What? I am stunned. I, I can't believe it. There's no way. I am fully stunned. All right. I think the amount of pressure that the listeners heard that was put on you, they empathized with they you. And they might have been in that place when they were forced into a date by somebody else. And they're like, ah, let's give her a break. I'm surprised because okay. usually listeners push us into like doing things and always yes. go for the option that puts you out there. But they had your back on this one. They have never empathized with me. <laughs> Real quick, we have a development. Oh, God. Uh, Katie <laughs> has done some super sleuthing. Katie, go in the studio and stand next to Kristen. Uh-uh. Case Katie looked up the listener, the mom, and we have a picture of two possible sons. It doesn't matter. It doesn't no, matter. Wait, I want putting... you to see what she's missing Wait, out Katie, on. Katie, grab not... a mic here because Katie's not buying into this. We're What's not up? putting this. This is a mom who listens. We're not putting her son's appearance on blast. No, I just, you don't have to. What? They're, they're, they're looking. <laughs> I want you to look at them and tell her what she's missing out on. Have, has uh, Abby seen these pictures yet? No, I, I, don't, I don't want her to see them. I want Kristen to see them. 
Oh, yeah, he's cute. Uh oh. What? Yeah. 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 Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait, let me see. Uh, I did some research. Let me see it again. Both of them. Look, Kristen didn't want to do it. Look at yeah. Let me see it again. Oh, yeah, no. They have, they have kind eyes. Uh-oh. They have great smiles. Wow. A nice jawline. Ooh. Oh, okay. Um, tan, dark hair. Wow. Are mm. they tall? They're sitting down. Okay. That's she good. also said that he was 5'9. Yeah, right. she already, yeah, so. Do you want to even see this picture? Maybe I should watch. Or I should see it off air. What if I don't? What if okay. I don't? What if I don't that's think? Fair. What if yeah, I don't think it's fair. cute? I don't want to be like, oh, and then he's gonna have ter- terrible self-esteem problems for the rest of his life because the girl on the radio rejected him. Now, did you say that there were two sons? Yes. Okay. So, how I did my research here, right? <laughs> is- <laughs> Can't even get to the bottom of it. I'm telling every you. time. Every time. All right. So, based off of the listener's name, I did. I went to our Instagram page and searched our followers who had that name. And it was only one person who's following us with that name. So it has to be this woman. But her page on Instagram is private. So I had to go to Facebook, right? So then I found her on Facebook. It's the same profile picture as the one who's following us on the Burt Show. And she lives in our local city. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, it's the same woman. And then I go to the page and I see that she has two sons. And so she has a picture of both of her sons. And they're the Mm -hmm. age, they fit the description, Mm -hmm. everything. So that's how I found her. You know how you wanted me to be the PI investigator? Uh, that that's redundant. You know how you want me, <laughs> the private investigator. You know how you want me to be a PI at the Bird Show because you did such a great job earlier this week. You did. You went online. You did the research. Yeah. We got the results. Katie, we should do it together. Oh, I'm down. Katie, <laughs> PI. Yes, the PI eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. I absolutely love it. All right. Job well done. So off the air, you may or may not be looking at this picture is all we're saying. There could be a plot twist. All I'm saying is after the break, I could could change my mind. All right. Let's get to this email here. This one has some legs. Um, Sexual favors built her dream house, and now she's not feeling all that great about it. Well, what are you going to do at this point? Mo's got the email. I am in my early 30s, recently divorced, and have been looking to buy a new house. I have been looking for six months and have recently gotten involved with my realtor on a more personal level. We began dating two months after we met and have had a very intense relationship ever since. While I haven't found the house yet, this is more my fault and not his. I'm quite picky, and he's been great to put up with me. I also know he has a great reputation as being a great negotiator. So, once I do find the house... I know he will get me a great deal. I also know he would try even harder for me than he would just any other client. However, here's my problem. I'm not really interested in him anymore, and I'm ready to end this personal relationship, but not the professional one. I know this sounds selfish, but I don't know if I should hang on with him just a little longer to get a better price on the house or end things now. I don't know how he will take it if I completely end the relationship. Would you keep seeing him mm. until the house deals are done? Okay, let, let's take this to you guys. One eight five five Virtual Abby. What would you do? Oh, I one hundred percent continue the relationship, <laughs> and I do feel bad because I literally just talked to a friend about stringing people along in relationships and how it's so bad and you should never do it. However, I think when your bank account's involved, you gotta you gotta do what's best for you. Just you know, maybe. Maybe let, uh, you know, draw back a little bit. You know, don't progress things to a more serious level. Maybe just drop it. You want to keep things casual so that you can kind of uh, 
you kind of lead him into the breakup. Yeah, it's not like you're dragging along somebody that you've been in a relationship with with years, right? So this is somebody she's been seeing for two months. I would just be concerned that it would make the um, it, it would make the working relationship so incredibly awkward. Mm-hmm. Like if you did end it, you'd have to get yourself a new realtor. Oh yeah, because I I don't see how he could. I, it just that would be it would be that would be too messy for me. That I would have to like cut off all like all interaction and all communication because I think it, it would just be so hell awkward. All right. Do I have this a little bit on the twisted side? He's the realtor, right? Correct. Right. Okay. So if she goes to him and says, look, you know what? I, let's just be friends, right? Um, I've really appreciated our time together, but let's be friends. This dude's got money on the line also. So he's going to get commission off of the house. So he might be just like, okay, that's fine. I'm still going to sell your house, right? And she'll be like, yeah, that's fine. He's got money on the line. He's not going anywhere. I don't know if I would want to take that risk. I mean, I would hate to string somebody along if it was wrong. But if I'm in this position, uh, I wouldn't put him in a position to where he would be mad at me or not willing to do all of the things that he would if he liked me. So I probably would carry the She's not selling a house. She's buying a house. And she's hoping he gets her the best deal on the house possible. But he gets commission based on that, right? Yeah, but... I've never understood this about realtors. Like, there's not a lot of incentive for them to try and get you a better deal on this house because they make less money the lower the cost of the house is. Houses. So if he's got some kind of bad feelings about you, he might not be that motivated to get you the deal that you want. I wouldn't risk it. I don't think I would I, risk I, it. I, I, <laughs> as bad as it is, as bad as it sounds, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep that relationship floating to the end. This is The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's The Burt Show's entertainment buzz. 50 Cent claims he's practicing abstinence for 2024. It's a different kind of dry January, at the very least. So he shared in an Instagram post yesterday that he revealed he's practicing abstinence. He said, my new idea is so big. I don't have time to be distracted. I'm practicing abstinence. I've been meditating and focusing on my goals. And then he posted a photo of himself in a suit, smoking a cigar and sipping on his award-winning brandy that we can assume. Um, he hasn't shared anything about his big idea, whatever this is, but it must be big enough that he needs to really put all of his emotional and physical energy into it. Cat. Yeah. I don't. I don't believe any any part of it. I think that's all for promo. I mean, for one, he he has a girlfriend who he's like deeply involved with now, and I never understood the whole point of being abstinent after you get into the relationship that you've been looking for. And two, when people announce, especially men, I believe this: when you announce that you're being abs, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why do you have to say it to everyone who's listening? I am <laughs> off the table. I just want all the women to know. I'm not doing it. It almost feels like <laughs> you're, you're oh. asking for attention for it to go the other way. Okay. I'll never believe that. Hold, please, because this is a concept I'm not familiar with. Did you just say that you know people that are in relationships that have been doing it that all of a sudden say, okay, we're going to be abstinent together? Yes. What? Yes. I've, Why? I've, I never got that. I've heard women like say, I'm at that, fa- I'm at that point in my life. Like you meet the guy. That you now actually believe you might marry. So you're going to save yourself. So, so that's gonna, a saving yourself right. a marriage tactic? Right. Because you already got your, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. your slut phase out the way. But you already started it with him. 
And then when you decided that this is going to be the person you're going to marry, then you pulled that? I've seen that. Yeah. What? I've absolutely seen yeah. that. Yes. All right. I want to talk to you, unicorns. Um, <laughs> I have a couple friends I could call in. one 855 Show. They started and then said, because this isn't the dudes usually. This is, I'm guessing this is not the dudes idea. I've always seen women do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen a guy do it. one 855 Show. Isn't it like, like re-virginizing for the wedding or something like that? Yeah. They just feel convicted that this is what you're supposed to do. So you just end up. Press and pause. Re-virginizing? Yes. That's stupid. That's how I feel. I've never got to the guy that you actually, because I've heard women say sometimes with him, it, we're too connected. It's like, it's almost too much. So I want to make sure that this is going to, he's going to stay around. It's going to work. So I, I want to stop. Yeah. Re-virginization. It refers to a couple who's already engaged in premarital sex, but now they're going to abstain once they, like, for the wedding. That makes no sense. I don't respect this. Nope. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. And I, I think you can't label yourself a re-virgin if you've already done it. No, you're not calling yourself a virgin. It's just the, like, that's re-virginization. <laughs> that is the act of having been with your partner and then realizing this is the man I'm going to marry. This is the woman I'm going to marry. We're engaged. You know what? We're just going to abstain until the wedding night. Now there, That way it's like we're virgins all over again. <laughs> there is a chance that I place too much value on this area in a relationship, and that's why it seems so ridiculous to me. But Emphasis on the... <laughs> On the what? Oh, yeah. He did. He did. He did. He did. He did. He did. I just don't really understand the concept here, and Jennifer is here to spell it out. Hey, Jennifer, good morning. Hi. Hi. What's up? Good, how are you? Doing good. Are you doing this right now? You're re virginizing? Uh, yeah. Okay. Much. All right. Um, I'm not going to judge you while you're on the show, but once you hang up, <laughs> once you hang up, I'm totally going to go off. No, just kidding. Um, so what was the reasoning? What's your thought press process here? It was for religious purposes. Were you, were you not religious before? No, I was, but I always had that guilt. Uh, 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 let's do a deep dive here. Okay. So you had guilt about being physical before you got married, right? And you're engaged now or you're married now? No, I'm just in a relationship. You're in a relationship. You guys were doing it. And then you went to him and like, hey, this guilt is just too much for me. This is not going to be part of our relationship anymore. Um, yeah, it was during a church service one day. Right in the middle of the church service. You said to him like, hey, <laughs> I'm really moved oh, right here. <laughs> I'd be so pissed at that pastor. Oh, man. We're getting out of that church immediately. I don't know what he said. <laughs> I would be like, we are not going to TGI Fridays after this. <laughs> no, guys. Sunday brunch. Where are you out of here? So you literally, during the sermon, re like looked over at him and said, say again? No, after. I was like really, I was like crying during the sermon. And then yeah. afterwards, we talked. We had like a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. And then, yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the most disappointing person in the world, um, where was he on the disappointment scale? He was very understanding. He, I, I mean, you know, as a guy, I expect him to be disappointed, but he was very understanding, and he hasn't really, like, pressured or anything. Good. It's, it's, yeah, we're in a really healthy, good relationship, so it's. Yeah, it no. worked out, but it was a risk for sure. No, for sure. And I, I love that it's, um, you, you spoke your truth and he's respecting it. How long has it been? 
Eight years. Eight? What? Huh? huh? Uh, 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 what? Wait a second. <laughs> Hold. Why, pl- you use the <laughs> Why don't you get married? Oh, oh, it's just like not at that point right now in my like career wise, you know. So it's just I don't feel a rush. Like we both don't really feel a rush, but you know we're like slowly getting there. I just want to do the ma- I want to do the math on this. So you guys were having sex for how long before this terrible sermon? <laughs> <laughs> Couple of months. Couple of months, and now it's been eight years, and you guys still haven't done it. Correct. Be, be honest. Do you oh. do everything but? Um, well, in the beginning, it was hard for sure, but, um, slowly it got to a point of just nothing. Eight years? I can't believe this. Yeah. We're all stunned. That is a good man. I'm I'm telling, yeah, he, like, a man like that does not exist. Like, he is the catch for sure. (laughs) No, he deserves some. Can Jennifer, (laughs) (laughs) they're not doing that, Mo. As a reward, you should give him that. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, so, so Jennifer, will you please? Because I, I feel like we are all very invested in your in your story now. Um, when you guys do get engaged, will you please call us up and let us know? Oh my gosh, um, we're like waiting for like the honeymoon, like you know, like with yes. the whole thing. I no, Jennifer, yeah, I am. We're gonna. I want to. I want to keep your information. I am wholeheartedly serious. When you guys, it's been eight years. When you get engaged, it doesn't matter when it is. Bert might not even be here anymore. It doesn't matter. I, I for want sure to- won't. Be. <laughs> <laughs> He's held out for eight years. I want you to call us up and be like, "I'm the Jennifer that revirginized. It's been eight years since we did it. We are now engaged, and we will do a countdown to the honeymoon with you." Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, okay nice. hold on one second. Wow. wow. I, my, I, I, re- I literally felt my parts down there tense up when she said eight years. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. I, I, I thought she would, like, I was not prepared for that. I'm gagged. I wonder wow. if they have pet names for each other because she could call him Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> and they had the last supper for real. <laughs> <laughs> I, did not, I did not know we were going to stumble on this. Hey, Stephanie, Ooh. good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Sure can. It was a kind of a same, similar situation. Um, my best friend, sure, and her boyfriend lived together. And for a few years, I mean, they weren't like her, like where it was like a couple months. They were like doing it for a few years. And um, and then they got really, really religious, and they both decided to do it together. Okay. that's di- If they both decided, yeah. then it's just yeah, different. Different. Yeah, if she comes to me after a couple of years and says, this is the new game plan, I'm just like, no. <laughs> well, you would know you were respected in the beginning, right? You wouldn't just you wouldn't bounce immediately. Um, as because I said, now your shallow meter is. That I don't care. Okay, call it whatever you want. Right. If we're doing it for that many years, and then she comes to me and says we're not doing this again for a couple of years, I get it. I have to cons- seriously reconsider the relationship because I do. Physical is very important to you. I get that, and it's not just physical. I think in a lot of ways, I a, a lot of ways I think. Women just assume that dudes are horny, so they just want to have sex all the time. But I do think that for me, that is a way to show affection and love. Mm -hmm. Um, It's your love language. 
It is okay, yeah, physical for certain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if she said no, I'd be like, I do I get a vote in this? Because this is not gonna work for me. I would love I, to see your face with a woman telling you that. That one eye would start twitching. Yeah, you wouldn't see my face because I'd be walking out the door. <laughs> the back I, of his head. Yeah. <laughs> I could not do it. Uh-uh. Huh? Me and my girl are never going to church. <laughs> <laughs> Cassie, good morning. You're on the Bird Show. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. So glad to talk to you guys. Um, my situation is a little different where uh, my now husband, we've been together 20 years. Um, we had been dating and living together for four years and having lots of playing the piano. Um, and when he asked me to marry him, he is the one who said, you know, I really think it would be great if we wait six months to play the piano again. And uh, then on our honeymoon, we get physical. So it was his idea, and uh, it was a very intense six months, we'll say that. <laughs> but, um, but the honeymoon rock. I bet. So, so think about that, though, like the anticipation and mm. the build and then the release. Would you be willing to do that? Nope. No. Six months? Nope. No. I don't understand oh, it. It was totally worth it. I, I, totally I, worth it. And 20 years of marriage would tell you that it, it worked out well for Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for sure. And I'm glad you did what you guys did and you came to that conclusion together. But it sounds to me like most of these have a religious connection or some religious guilt involved. So I've never lived that kind of world. So this wouldn't work for me at all. Yeah, I don't connect to it. No. Couldn't do it at all. Sorry. But, but, but you're, you're, you're engaged, right? You propose. She says yes. And she's like, or he was the one that suggested this. He says, let's go six months without doing it and we'll do it on. Are you going to break off the engagement and break up with the person and not marry them because they want to go six months without having sex because they want to do it on the wedding night? Uh, maybe. I, I see it like when you get to the Super Bowl. Don't change what got you there. <laughs> <laughs> This is The Bird Show. First things first, I learned, I relearned a valuable lesson yesterday. Don't stress out about things until they are right in front of you. Right in front of you. Wasn't it Will Smith that we played a video like years ago that when he was going skydiving, he was so stressed out for days before. And then he realized he had this epiphany that why get stressed out three days, four days before? That's not going to do you any good. Yeah, get stressed out right before you jump out of the plane. That's a pretty good time to be stressed, but four days, just a waste of time. And you did all that stress, and then it wasn't even as stressful as you thought when you finally did it. Nothing. Yep. Right? The doctor didn't put his finger up my butt yesterday. He, I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> you did this last time with your fecal test, and it wasn't even a fecal yep, test. Right. I get my, I, yeah, I get myself so worked up, so I was supposed to have a physical yesterday. You're very protective of your butt. Well, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like butt stuff. You yeah. should be. <laughs> That's for sure. I think I told you guys before. Why? Yes, you right? did. Do you know why, Abby? No. Oh, Abby doesn't uh, know why. I don't, I don't need to know. We can we can move on. That's oh. cool. I would rather not tell that again. <laughs> Mo and I know. Abby needs to know. Why don't you tell the story? I don't want to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was much, much younger. Um, Is this something you should tell your therapist, not me? <laughs> I've already. We've already. Okay. Yeah, I've shown her. Um, When I was much, much younger, uh, I was born with kind of a abnormally small bungy. So uh, my, it was real tight. Yeah, it was real tight and real small. So my parents used to have to like 
Vaseline their fingers and stuff, and I had to do enemas, <laughs> and it was just a real thing. I don't remember much from back then, but I can still remember my mom bringing in like an enema bag and me just going, oh, no. So I've always been a little sensitive about the booty area. <laughs> so that's why I was freaking out that I had to go to the doctor yesterday. And when you get to a certain age, you got to do that prostate thing. And my doctor is a tall, lean man with tall, lean fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Slender man. Yes. So I walked into the office yesterday and I know it's time for it to happen because when you walk into the office, if that is part of the exam, the assistants, I guess, put out the gel that the doctor is going to use. Also the gloves. I don't know. Flashlight, uh, Jaws of Life, whatever's back there. <laughs> it's like that at the gyno office. When is you it? walk in, yeah, and the duck bill's sitting there, and the lube is sitting there, and like everything's sitting there. Same. The, the little, like, huh, yeah, it's, yep. it's all right there on the little table. Yeah. Right next to the, like, where you're, you're, where you're laying. And you know it, you know it's coming. So I open up that door, and none of that stuff was on, like, the table. And I'm like, oh, I probably forgot. This is awesome. <laughs> right? I'll just do a self check later. <laughs> <laughs> Get a little selfie stick. <laughs> hey, just a little late, y'all. Email. Just want to let you know because you guys forgot. I did the check, and everything's fine. Um, but as he's going through the exam, and he's checking, like, my throat and my ears, I'm still stressed out. Like, he's going to have this epiphany, like, oh, it's butt time. And <laughs> And he, that. <laughs> and he verbally said to me, okay, so you did this check last year, so we don't have to do it this year. We'll do it again next year. And I'm like, wait, what did you just say? Uh-huh. And he's like, ah, we don't got to do that this year. And I'm like, oh, what a relief. What a total relief. So no finger up the butt yesterday. Yay. Yay. So the, the lesson here is don't stress until the finger is in your butt. Oh, I is like that, that. Hey, is that re virginization of your butt? <laughs> I've bought a year is all I'm saying. I've bought a year. All right, rough transition here. This was just downright depressing, man. And I want answers from women. So the article title is why 50% of women regret marrying their husbands. That's a harsh, harsh title. Now, I guess when you mesh that with the divorce rate, I guess it's not that uncommon. It adds up. 50% of women regret marrying their husbands. Now, we can use the voice disguiser for this if you want to jump on it. one 855 the subtitle is, if you feel like getting married was actually a mistake, you're far from alone. So there's a whole bunch of women surveyed by, forget about the source, AOL Living and Women's Day magazine. I didn't even know AOL, AOL was still around. I didn't know it was still living. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, some of the statistics, you guys, man, it really makes me want to do sort of a deep dive with you guys and go, what, what are the dudes doing wrong? What is wrong in the relationship that so many women are so unhappy. Why is it going to be the dudes? Maybe it's the women. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Let's pick it apart. 70- you liked that, didn't you, Mo? I did. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. 72% said they've considered leaving their marriage at some point or another. 72%. More than half of the women surveyed said they're either bored in bed or can't remember the last time they had sex. Ooh. Wow. Can't remember the last time. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Because you perked up after that statistic. I thought you had something to add. I'm just listening. Okay, you remember the date. No, not the date. <laughs> the year? The year. Yeah, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I <didn't> say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, still. 
Yeah. It's the 11th. Right. Uh, approximately 60% rarely or never have date nights. That was a problem with you and Bart for a while. Yes. Right? We're changing that. A fact that we can't help but think that this might be contributing to lackluster sex lives. More than 50% wish their husbands either made more money or made more time for them. Nearly half said their husbands have changed for the worse since getting married. Ooh. There are the statistics to chew on. So That's what's neat. going on, you guys? Well, so 70% of women initiate divorces. When it comes to divorce, 70% are done by women. And the reasons that are commonly given, too, are they feel held back. They take on more of the emotional load and more work around the house. And, in fact, married women have more housework than single mothers. So married women mm. without kids, yeah. have they were, and once a woman gets married, it adds about seven hours a week worth of work onto their plates. So I think what we're having is they get married and then mm. they're like, this is not advantageous to me. It's holding me back in my career. It's I've got extra emotional work. I've got extra house labor and I don't want it. So if I'm a guy, one of the four guys that listen to this show <laughs> and I'm hearing what you're saying, if you take some of that load off of your wife, that, I mean, this seems pretty obvious, then what you're saying is you're going to have a way happier wife. Absolutely. And I mean, obviously, this is not a blanket statement. It depends on your relationship. But I think, you know, this is something I struggled with with my husband for many years. And he just did not. It's not for lack of trying or that he didn't want to be an equal partner. He just didn't see the workload because it was invisible. And once he became attuned to it, he started doing more and it made our lives so much better. So here we're going to call her Amy being brave and calling in, but she's going to be on the voice disguiser. And she regrets getting married to her husband. Hey, Amy. Hi, guys. Hi. Okay, so you are you are currently married, but you regret getting married or getting married to this guy. <laughs> I regret getting married to my current husband, yet. For what reason? At one point, you were very excited about it. On your wedding day, this is going to be the guy. So what has happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I will say that um, we we ended up getting married about uh, 10 months after we had our son. And I think we just really rushed into things. And we didn't know each other very well. Um, and I think we're just really incompatible. Um, and I think after, you know, seven, eight years and we have three more kids, we just, uh, have nothing in common mm. and we are better friends than we are, I think, married, a married couple. And it's unfortunate. I think we are good parents together, but we really find it hard to spend time together, like to make the time together. Um, and it's like, a, it's like we have to force that and it's just. Um, on both ends, I feel like it's, it's, it's hard and I feel like he's miserable sometimes. And I, I don't know. It's just, I feel like he would be happier with somebody else and, and I don't want anybody else. I just want to be with my kids, but sometimes I'm like, maybe this was a mistake. Maybe we should have waited instead of jumping into a marriage after our first kid. Sure. Yeah. I feel like you either, you're either going to grow together or you're going to grow apart. Um, and I mean, I think that's why the divorce rate is what it is. If you, you know, Cassie added what she thought might be part of the reason. If you had to say, like, in looking at friend group or women in general, what would be the one adjustment dudes should make if they want to have a happier wife? 
Well, I think it, it's the growing together because I'm not the same person I was 17 years ago when my husband and I first started dating. And you have to be able to evolve with that person and how they're changing. And you have to accept how they're changing and hopefully like how they're changing because you're supposed to evolve. And I think for women, the older you get, the more confident you get and the more you stand up for yourself and the more you speak your truth, et cetera. And I think for some men that can be off-putting. So what I'm hearing is if... This is on women, that if you just stop evolving, everything will be fine. Yes. But we, you're making the mistake of evolving and growing. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's on you guys. We just need to shut STF It's <laughs> <laughs> The Bird Show. The Bird Show. I think when you're in your early 20s, when you are considering making a decision that is super risky or playing it safe, 95% of the time, I would advise, take the risk. Do it. Do it. So our producer, Mikey, Messy Mikey, is here, and he is wondering if he should play it safe or not. And without even hearing (laughs) what the entire scenario is, I don't care. Do it. Too young. Too young to play it safe. What do you got? You got that right. So, so me and the old lady are thinking about skipping the country for for a month or so. Guys on the run. Yeah, we're on the run. On the run. Um, So. We're, this is my last semester of college. I'm, we're thinking of doing a study abroad somewhere after this semester is over. Fantastic. Uh, um, we've narrowed down the choices to probably either Paris, France, oui, oui. or <laughs> South Paris or France. No, Paris, Texas. Paris, France. Paris, France. Or Cape Town, South Africa. What? Oh, you know a thing or two about. Yeah, I just got that. So Those are your two options that you're debating. That's right. Very exciting. And I'd like a little bit of advice on which one to choose. Okay, so it's not should we go or not. It's which of the two to go to. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is totally different. So for, for the first time ever, I am qualified to answer a question on air here because I did yeah. study abroad when I was in college. And I would say pick Paris. And here's why. I studied abroad for a summer in Barcelona. And the coolest part about my experience is it's so cheap to travel to different parts of Europe and that side Mm. of the world Mm. because you're already over there. I mean, half the battle is getting over there and flying places. If you go to Cape Town, South Africa, you might be a little bit more limited as to where else you can travel and see the world. Whereas if you're in Paris, you can take that train to London. You can go to Mm. Scotland. You can Mm. go to uh, Greece. It's so much closer. Let me just give a counterpoint to that real quick, Cass. Uh, Well, I think... Everything you're saying is valid from a guy that just got back from Cape Town. And I don't disagree with what you're saying. Um, I do think that you'll have more opportunities when you're older to make a trip to Europe than you will to South Africa and the countries in Africa. And if you're already there um, for school, going to like Namibia or Swaziland when it's accessible to you is probably more doable when you're in a program like this than when you get older. But is it a study abroad or like you graduate after this semester? So is this just you guys traveling post-graduation? So my girlfriend needs a a credit, okay. but I want none of the study. I want the abroad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay. looking to just get out there. Okay. <gasps> Wait, the Olympics are also in Paris this summer. Well, what do you know? Oh, look at that. That's okay. True. All right. Okay. Well, that's actually, that might sway me. I was going to say almost the same thing as Bert. The chances of when you get older, having enough time once you have a full-time job to make a trip to South Africa are slim. A lot of people go to Europe. They'll backpack around Europe. And 
I mean, I my family is from the UK and it is beautiful and I love it. And I studied uh, French as well and I've been to Paris. I love that area. But my sister actually lived in Cape Town in Joburg for a while in South Africa. Loves it. Plenty of travel opportunities. So cheap, I, very cheap. Yeah, I would say. And here's the other thing. While the culture in Europe is obviously different from culture in America, I think you'll find a bigger culture shift with South Africa. Mm -hmm. And that is something fantastic to experience. And getting out of your comfort zone while you're young, it gets harder to do as you get older. Even if you have that mentality and you want to do it, making yourself do it is tough. I would go on the bigger, grander adventure, which is South Africa. Gotcha. See, I'm a little bit nervous about going to Paris because I just hope that me and the French get along. You won't. I've, you won't. I've, <laughs> that, that, yeah, you won't. I, I've never met a French person, a Frenchman who liked me. <laughs> and uh, so that worries me. I think that we're two completely different people. They like croissants and floppy little hats. I like Big Macs and Merle Haggard. <laughs> <laughs> Cassie, just because I want to hear it. Because we do. I, I, I love your voice and I love your dialect. <laughs> Cassie, please give him a short sentence to say in French. Say, uh, je m'appelle Mikey. Je m'appelle Mikey. <laughs> go to it's Africa, bro. Italian. Go to Africa. Go to Africa. Don't worry about it. Go to Cape Town, Wait, give me another. Give me another. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I'm trying to, I'm stuttering now. Um, I cannot think of anything on the spot. Donde está el baño? Okay, that's Spanish. Okay. Où est le toilette? Où est le toilette? Ratatouille. Où est le toilette? Le toilette. Mikey might be worse than me. He thinks everything sounds Italian. The thing you got to remember about Parisians is they're very much like New Yorkers. Like, you can't take it personally. Worse. That's just how they... That's how they operate. That's how they flow, man. Yeah, my time there, I, I would definitely tell you to go to Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> Paris was cool. Man. I'll go to Cape Town. I do think there's something to be said about going that far because mm -hmm. the opportunities to leave and go that far, um, they just, like Cassie said, they shrink as you get older, man. But what a privileged position to be in, though. I know. I'm a privileged fella. Two great places, <laughs> man. So what's going to be the deciding factor? Uh, probably, the, probably the lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know what you should do? What? Study abroad in South Africa, but route through Paris. So mm. after the study abroad is done, take uh, another month and backpack around Europe. That's then. Now there's an idea. There you go. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. I have this rule I have in dating called the 90-day free trial period, where within the first three months, you pretty much know whether or not this is going to work out or not. Now. I rephrase. It's the, it's the crazy crown. The Crazy Crown crazy comes Crazy Crown com comes on in 90 days. Yeah, 90-day free trial, Crazy Crown, same mm -hmm. thing. So there's a reality show out there called 90-Day Fiancé, which takes this to a whole other level because there's people out there dating people from foreign countries, and so they decide to go on this reality show where they use a special visa that allows their fiancés to come to the U.S., and within that 90-day period, they have to decide whether or not this relationship is going to end in marriage, and it's highly entertaining. And there's this couple that was caught up with with their spinoff show called 90 Day Diaries. Their names are Brandon and Julia. They're having some financial struggles. And Julia is telling her partner, Brandon, she's like, look, I can't hold down a job. The only job I can hold down is working at a strip club. I like to dance. I'm good at it. And I can make double what you make. So if you want us to be able to be financially stable, you just got to put up with it. And Brandon, Brandon, as you can imagine, not good with this at all. 
So they're currently in a struggle where they have bought this home where they do not have the money to fix it up because she can't hold down a job. And so now her partner has to decide whether or not he's going to, I guess, allow her to work at a strip club or, I guess, sell the house. Mo, would you be mature enough to allow your girl to work at a strip club? Would you endorse? Would you say, yeah, go, ah, you're my lady. I know who you're coming home to. I, w- I would have to be deeply in love with her at that point to where I couldn't walk away and I would have to try to force myself to be secure enough to deal with it. But if I wasn't at that point, probably not. I couldn't do it. Nope. I don't think I could do it either. No. And to me, it feels like a cop out. Like, okay, it feels like easy money in a way. And I don't mean to discredit her love of dancing. This is something she really loves to do. But I do think the dynamic of the jobs that are more acceptable to do, they change when you get in a relationship. I don't know what she looks like. She's, she's a cute gal. Okay. I don't know how she dances, but to me, the opportunities to make just as much, if not more money on OnlyFans would be the same as it would be going to a strip club. You would rather her do OnlyFans than dance at a strip club? Yes. That's you saying that because you haven't been on OnlyFans. That's true. <laughs> With some of them things a woman are doing, I don't know if you want that. But if she's just going on there and she is doing the same thing that she would be doing in a strip club, but there are no creepy dudes around, they're just online... I would be way better than with that. But that lives on the internet forever. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas a strip club's more secretive. No cameras, typically. Plus your friends, your family, everybody's probably going to know. Yeah, that's good points. I also feel like OnlyFans is a slippery slope. Like, okay, maybe you start dancing, but then what would it lead into? Mm -hmm. Would he be okay with it? So I totally see where he's coming from, and they just got to figure it out. All right, John Mayer says, despite his reputation, he really wants to get married. He went on his close friend Bob Saget's widow's podcast, Comfort Food with Kelly Rizzo, and explained why he has a reliability kink. People don't think I want to be married. I absolutely want to be married. I know that, yeah. You, you, secret, you know the secret, which is that I'm actually fairly well-adjusted. And I so badly want to get married, if only for my wife to just know in her heart, like, John will know what to do. I just think that level of being relied on is the hottest thing in the world. Like, to me. like it's like if my husband was here, he would know what to do. Call John. Call my husband. I just think, and by the way, this... That means you're a caretaker at heart. You're a caretaker. You're a full grown-up when this is your when this is your romantic fantasy. You're a fully <laughs> fledged grown-up. Your, your kink is that you want somebody to be like, John's got a guy. Reliance kink? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Dependability kink? Yes. <laughs> this is I real what he's saying. Uh-huh. I do, I get it. I get it. This is real growth from John Mayer because I've only ever known him as an F-boy. But, I mean, reading this interview and, and watching some of the clips, he said he's been sober for six years. and Yeah, his F-boy antics, that, were, that was a while ago. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of his brand, though. And he was saying really stupid things. Remember, wasn't it Jessica Simpson? He said that she yeah, was he, like a sexual apalm or something. Na- napalm. Napalm or yeah. something, yeah. So, I mean, and he, you know, he he made his way around Hollywood and dated every Jennifer that you could yeah. you know, possibly imagine. But I no, can't ima- I can't imagine there aren't like a whole bunch of dudes that would have gone the same route. Yeah, but I feel Fair. like I feel like it's been a hot minute and like he's like most people do. He's he's grown. He's evolved. He's changed. And now he's dependability, John. And I can't imagine he's having a hard time finding women to date him because he's literally John Mayer mm-hmm. and you walk into a club. So it makes you wonder, OK, well, if you do want to be married, why are are you single? Well, because I think there's also a level of, is she into me because I'm John Mayer or does she really dig me? 
And I, on top of that, I mean, if you're being honest, there there are a lot more women that I think men find dateable, but not exactly wife material. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. All right, for more stories, head to the Burt Show podcast on your favorite listening platform. The Burt Show. So if I have this right, there is a face that white people are making that is confusing black people. Do I have yeah. this right, Amber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And I feel like a lot of our people of color listeners, I can't speak for people who aren't black, but I know <laughs> I know my black behind has noticed and it's been something that I've noticed since I was like a teenager. So if you come across a uh, what you would assume is a non-threatening white person. <laughs> a non-threatening white person. Yeah, and this you, is not an oxymoron? <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys are non-threatening. So I like that. Amber, Amber said that to me for the first time at our Christmas party. Oh, yeah. I, I've never been so so flattered. She's like, Abby, you're such a non-threatening white person. And I'm like, thank you. That's, that's how In you my defense, I was a little lit. I was a little lit, you know. Okay. Okay. I am okay. so curious. When you encounter a white person who you do not know, what distinguishes them from threatening and non-threatening. Well, I was joking, but one of the main things <laughs> is that they actually uh, notice that you're breathing near them. They they actually pay attention to gotcha. your existence. That's cool. a first, and, and it's not a negative thing. Because okay. gotcha. there have been moments where I've been around some of the, some uh, threatening <laughs> white people, and they they tend to clutch their purse harder, lock their door, pretend mm-hmm. like they don't see me, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Like subtle stuff that a lot of a lot of black people have to have to deal with. So there is a face that some of them make when you greet them they say hey they make actually before i even do it mo do you know the face the the like confused disgusted face that's that's exactly how i would describe it yeah yeah, i know what you're talking about yeah hey uh katie i don't know if you're on mic but do you know the face (laughs) were you gonna of course i know the face remember i showed you the face exactly we had to get it on air though oh okay absolutely (laughs) so here's the face it will wave and usually we get this it's this. It's like a the pursed lips. Uh, it's like okay. a like a Mona Lisa smile. Like a a, a tight lip, tight wave. Yeah, this tight just, situation. It's so weird because I don't get that type of from anyone else. Is that after you say hi? Yeah. Okay. Or, so or just a greeting of some sort. I will. So I might be guilty of making this face, but I do it to white people as well. When I walk down the street, I'll be like, I'll do this. It's like a close lip smile and a brief nod like this. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't yeah. always get the nod. Sometimes I just get the. But for, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what it is for me is it's my way of being like, hey, I see you. You owe me nothing. I don't. We don't need to engage in conversation. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to, I've now opened the door. I'm acknowledging you as an equal and as a human being. I see you, but. We are going to go about our lives. It's very complicated in my head, but it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like, a, and I do it to like literally every race that say, uh-huh. yes. hello, hello, I am seeing you, but we don't need to talk. It's like when you make eye contact, for some reason, you need to somehow like give a smile, like an improving... Like, we know we're not going to talk. It is hard to explain. Yeah. yeah. We know we're not going to talk, but it's kind of like a, yeah. hey. It's your it's your way of not being a D word. Like, yeah. I'm acknowledging ah. you and seeing you, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not in a position to have a conversation right now, but I don't want to blow you off and ghost you. Right. You. And I don't expect you to have a conversation. We don't need to be besties, but yeah, I want you yeah. to know that I respect you as another human being. So mm-hmm. I acknowledge your presence. Yeah. That's usually the face I make in the hallway when I'm like going to go get coffee or something. And then someone says, hey to me, it's like, hey, acknowledging you, but I really don't want to talk right now. So. <laughs> Please ignore me. You do make that face. I do make that face. I got to tell you, I got the nice trans, uh, the translation there. So yeah, that's yeah. not on Google Translation. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> for me, it's like at the gym also, like when you're passing yeah. somebody and they, you lock eyes for just yeah. a second, there's like this yeah. acknowledgement. It's almost like that. 
It's just an acknowledgement. It's a form of respect in a way. Yeah. Like almost like I respect your presence here and yeah, I'm not blowing you off. Black mm-hmm. people do not make this face to other black people. Uh, no. No. If we do anything is we do that. Yeah, no. that's what I do. I remember a comedian. A I don't remember knock. who it was, but they distinguished the difference in being black and acknowledging another black person and a white person. And mm-hmm. it's usually opposite. Like, because typically, like, two black people, you go head up with a smile. Like, yeah, what I, yeah. And then if you see a white person, you go head and nod with a serious face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. Yeah. It's like, I don't know yeah. why it's like that, but that's yeah, thing. that's the thing. Yeah. All right. While we're on um, racial issues here, hey. I, might, I might throw this one on over to you. Uh-huh. Okay. So. <laughs> There is a high school sports star. <laughs> I'm so glad we're getting to this. Uh, he is going to be attending, I think, West Virginia. Um, I'm going to spell his name oh. for you guys. I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And every white sports anchor is just as nervous because this kid is going to be on a national stage playing for West Virginia, and he's really good. All right? It's a real name, right? It's Correct. A real it's a real name. name. Yeah. He's an internet sensation right now. He is a junior at Lawrenceburg High in Indiana. He's being recruited by a whole bunch of different schools. I think... He made the commitment to West Virginia, but he's like won MVP honors in basketball and football. He's a great football player also. So he's going to, at some point or another, be on national TV, right? Is he balling or shooting baskets? He he plays football and basketball, but (laughs) specifically, I think that he's a better football player. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be on the main stage. And white commentators are really nervous about this because his first name is Noah, and his last name is spelled... Legit last name, K N I G G A. Bro, that's, that's I'm not touching that, and I can. I'm still not touching. <laughs> I mean, when you see it, obviously it looks like it's pronunciated exactly how it's spelled. So black people ran with it. I mean, oh, we we of had course. A absolute field day with it. Hundred percent. But um, uh, Robert Griffin, former football player, actually interviewed the family and. It kind of took some of the sale out of it because <laughs> it's actually pronounced Kanega. Oh, the K ain't silent? No. No. Well, no, it, it's not, but it's not the other way. Yeah. It's, it's Kane. Yeah. But when you see it, mm-hmm. you, you don't know that. So, <laughs> especially as, as a white. Right. Kanega. Kanega. That's how you pronounce it. It would have been way more fun I'm to still have not saying oh, uh, Pat McAfee way more do fun. the interview than Robert Griffin III. Because before before the family did this interview, no one knew. So if you just see it, yes. especially like sports commentators are not going to know that when they <laughs> see his name on the paper. No, sports commentators, I have a friend who is one, and they do their homework beforehand, and they have all the proper pronunciations for the names. But. So prior to any game, they would know it's Kanega. I, yeah. I am willing to bet any amount of money. At least one of them is going to mess that up. (laughs) Can I tell you what happens? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right now. As a white dude, you know how to pronounce the name, and you probably practice it in the mirror 55 times before (laughs) you get on TV. Kanega. But but then when you're in the game, you start panicking Uh when you know that word is coming up, and then you confuse yourself in the head, and somebody is going to accidentally say it the wrong way. (laughs) It's going to happen. I 100% believe it's going to happen. So here's the interview that— They're going to be like— and so, 
Noah's got the ball. <laughs> yeah, what's their family crest look like? They should just put Noah on the back of his jersey. They should. It should just be Noah Noah. Just Noah. <laughs> what, what is the country of origin for that? Like, where does that hail from? Is that he's like, a white dude. I don't know. Could be South African or no. No, he's, a, he's like a white dude. Yeah, I think they're just like American. I don't I don't think there's anything to The fact that his first name is Noah makes it even funnier. <laughs> this is Robert like, you know Noah Kanega. This is Robert <laughs> <laughs> Yo, me too. I know one too. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this up, man. As a white guy, can you say to the dude, my, and then his last legitimate name? last my name? <laughs> I'm going to be saying that from now on. I don't see why not. I mean, it's not the word. It's not the word. Right, so this is a family talking to Robert Griffin III about it. How do you pronunciate the last name? Oh, so this is how you pronounce it. It's Noah Kanega. You say uh, Kanega like that. See, that's the key. It's Kanega. There you now, go. There you go. Now we're vibing. Now we're vibing a little bit. All right. Where is the Kanega from? The I don't make no sense. You, the Kanega family name. <laughs> you better be careful. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> you, you probably should email me this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting right next to you. The Kanega family name was found in the USA between 1880 and 1920. The most Kanega families were found. That's a bad time. That is a bad time. <laughs> it's found in the USA in 1920. Oh in 1880, there was one Kanega living in Indiana. And Kanega is from England. So the Kanegas started multiplying. Yes. And, and it, before you know it, there were a whole bunch of Kanegas. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to see right. his Facebook comments. Now I'm going to Is that what you're saying? Who is going to be the first sports commentator to mess this oh, up, I man? I can't wait. Oh, man. I've never wanted somebody to go pro more with this guy. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.